0: Hey guys, and welcome to Sounds Like NYC, episode 71. Our next guest is a member of a New York City-based soul slash funk slash R&B slash jazz slash everything else uh, band. Uh, their next single, Fight or Flight, comes out November 13th. You can find his band on Instagram at Band. Please welcome Alexi Glick.
1: Yay. Hey guys, how Ooh. you doing?
2: Doing fine, doing fine.
1: Thanks for having me, first of all.
2: Yeah, of course, of course. So, yeah.
1: yeah
0: oh
2: yeah you want to go no so like um no i was just like wondering like where the name snack cat comes from in the first place
1: oh man that's a really good question so um i've actually been asked this many times and it actually is a pretty good story i mean it's stupid but it's a good story uh so i'm um i uh really started out you know pretty like primarily as a jazz musician um you know and i still you know do play a lot of jazz uh but, you know, when I was kind of like very new, just, you know, to the city, started gigging uh, right away, you know, after coming back from co- from college. Uh, and um, for some reason, I would just always say, like, let's go get some snacks and all the gigs I would have. Would also have snacks on them, so a bunch of people just started to call me the Snack Man for some reason. <laughs> uh, the trumpet, the trumpet player Benny Benack, actually great jazz trumpet player, shout out to Benny, uh, coined the name. And anytime he would be playing a gig with me, he'd be like, "I'm playing with the Snack Man," or posting on Facebook, and then everybody would say it, just like "I'm playing with the Snack Man tonight." Uh, that's no longer really a nickname, but when me and Jeff started the band. Uh, Jeff and Nathan are my two other uh, co-founders. Uh, Jeff, the bass player, uh, said we should call it snack something. So we thought of a bunch of different animal names. There's like, pages <laughs> for like snack rat. There's a page for snack rat, like a Facebook page that has like one like because we almost called it <laughs> snack, rat. but then we uh, we decided on cat. It, it just fit better, and we also all do come from a jazz background, so that yeah, kind that of makes sense. Well you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's the story of snack cat yeah so how
0: did you get that idea of just to form something like a seven plus band
1: Hmm. so when uh i was like you know again just start really started you know playing out and performing you know like um i guess i was probably like 22 or something like that at the time me and a few friends um started this group called bam which no longer exists uh but it was a really fun group uh so a little bit more just like straight rock and roll than snack cat but you know i had also gone to jazz school and i had all these like friends that were like horn players at the time mm-hmm. so we would just have them like sit in and eventually we were like hey it'd be kind of cool if we actually like you know uh incorporate like a horn section with this group and then um That group, which, you know, was great, you know, it maybe wasn't quite as polished of a sound as Snack Cat, but it was a really good group for the time. Uh, You know, the the horn section just really worked well, Um, and it was kind of a unique thing with the music that we were writing. Uh, So when I formed Snack Cat, you know, it was, that was just the idea, you know, that it was going to be, Snack Cat was going to be more of just like a, you know, funk and soul band, you know, with a lot more room for like soloing and improvisation, And, uh, you know, with maybe a little bit more of a polished sound than, you know, kind of a more of like a rock band like Bam uh, had. But um, but yeah, the uh, we just thought the horn section would it had already worked once, you know, and then, you know, for kind of a similar music, but maybe again, just something a little bit more on the R&B and funk side of things. We just it was just kind of a natural transition um into that. And actually uh Nathan the drummer was also in that uh previous band as well.
2: Okay, I see, yeah. Cause like I'm like curious specifically about how you were so we like started out with like uh you three guys, but then you ended up getting four more members. So what was the process of kind of like meeting up meeting up with like the uh, other four members, considering that it seems like they did professional work with you know um with you know other like artists as well
1: yeah 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 totally um so first of all when he started snack cat that was always the idea that we were going to um that that we were going to um <laughs> that we were going <laughs> to have you know other you know a bunch of other members so right away there were a bunch of other members like pretty quickly it's just me jeff and nathan kind of formed it initially but you know, with any band it kind of takes you a little while to get the right people in place, you know. Um uh, our first singer played with us for one gig. <laughs> uh, and he's great. As he's singers great, do. He's a great singer, yes, as singers do. You know, but he uh it was funny 'cause me he I had played a lot of jazz with him. This guy, Richard Saunders, great singer, and uh, you know, he uh but then, you know, that was right when that band that he was in do you know guys know Third Story? They're kind of pretty, pretty well known, like, but they got pretty famous like and they actually disbanded since, but right away. Mm-hmm. So, so that was the end of Richard. Uh, again, he was great. Then we had a few other singers that, you know, were good singers too, but maybe didn't fit quite with the band. Uh, you know, as well as, you know, um, there's a couple of other members that just, you know, were fun to play with, but maybe not completely the right fit. Uh then, fast forward, you know, we're getting people together. Uh, you know, Sharek, the keyboard player, I'd known him for a long time just from doing a bunch of, you know, like New York City, you know, like, you know, jazz and, you know, kind of funk work, just live gigs. He also went to Manhattan School of Music with a few of the other guys. Seth, too. Uh, he actually actually played in Seth Weaver's big band. He has a really great jazz orchestra, and he asked me to be in that. And then he's just a great trombone. You know, he won the national trombone competition just you know a monster uh so he just uh that's how I met Seth was actually just at a jam session but again through Manhattan School of Music uh Chantel I actually met her initially on a wedding gig she had just just moved from Australia and she was like brand new and uh you know you know in New York City obviously the playing level is very high but sometimes you just come across someone that you haven't heard before that you're like wow you know for whatever reason you really gel with that person and you know her vocals just you know i mean she's an incredible soul singer and just really kind of hears the music similarly to how i hear it uh so right away we pretty much hit it off um then uh david uh the sax player we've been on this like really shitty subway gig that we used to play it was absolutely <laughs> terrible gig we've
2: which, played- all, which all- which our station was that at? Uh,
1: it was at Herald Square. Ooh, okay. all, like, just hot and sweaty and like. It's
2: got a so like,
1: Two songs. We would play Mercy 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 for an hour and a half, <laughs> and it's two chords. It's B flat and E flat, and then we would play Chameleon for another hour and a half, which is also B flat and E flat. <laughs> Wait, but like, why like only two like songs? Like, because that? Sac- there were like seven sax players on the gig, and like. Every single one of them would like solo about uh, so eight to, or nine yeah. times, and and as a rhythm section, you know, you're just although that gig probably did, you know, again, it was a gig that I played when I was, you know, pretty new and young, you know, to this, you know, the city and stuff. But I also like definitely helped me get sort of a lot of my like funk and pocket rhythm together, yeah. you know. Uh, Probably help
2: you learn like every every like inversion of those two chords on the neck.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, man, I can play the shit out of B flat and E flat. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but no, is it? You know, but actually, he's a. But he actually also he's he's had some pretty big gigs too. He's like played, you know, he was in the Zach Brown band for a little while, and also played with like John Mayer and played like oh. yeah. David wanted to
2: uh, yeah, actually actually about that because yeah, he's a big John Mayer that. fan.
1: Oh yeah, he also has a crazy John Mayer story which I cannot repeat on air, but I'll tell. Oh you, man, that guys. sucks. Like, yeah,
0: I mean, for our ears only.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. no after, but I mean, I guess I have like an interesting John Mayer story as well, actually, but it's not that impressive but yeah. Yeah. Well, you
0: guys can switch stories yeah
2: exactly afterwards yeah how
0: how how is it like trying to to manage you know that many heads when it comes to like either making music or, or just practicing
1: yeah uh that's a good question so um that's why with the band decide you really need to have the right members because it doesn't work unless you have people that know how to answer an email you know like honestly you know like uh so i had to get the right people that you know actually had like decent communication skills you know there were some really great musicians that played with this band for a little while but maybe like their communication skills were not quite as great at the time so unfortunately it didn't wind up really working out you know uh and i think that's easier maybe if like you know there are three people in a band but when you have seven people in a band you know communication skills are key and also like uh just all of us are also super close friends you know we're all full-time musicians but snack Hat's kind of the sort of safe haven where like we don't have to work with really like insane people and we like everybody in the band and everybody's you know at a certain level so that also just makes it fun too um you know so uh yeah i mean that's kind of i guess how that goes yeah i mean and then there are also sometimes you know um when I feel like it's important to, I'll make sure to get all seven people together, but there are, you know, certain pieces of content that we'll get, or, you know, certain like videos we'll shoot where it's also not always necessary to have everybody in the band, you know, and that, then it also kind of makes it more effective and more of this kind of like, wow, you know, shock value kind of thing when everybody's together and just, you have that huge sound, you know, and uh, of course for all our bigger shows, we get the band together, but sometimes on tour, you know, and stuff, we also scale it down to like, you know, five piece, uh, you know, then for some photo shoots, you know, me, Jeff and Chantel really, you know, lead the band. So we'll also do some things with just the three of us.
2: Okay, awesome. Like, so like, speaking of kind of like that whole dynamic, like, how does that, because like, even before quarantine, like, what was the specific process of, of, you know, songwriting? Like, would it just be one or two people, creating an idea and then like presenting that to like the rest of the band and just having them kind of like plug in things or is it just like a very you know from from the beginning everybody will be jamming together and then something happens so like what's like the specific um, uh, songwriting process usually before kind of like everything went to hell <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no that's a, that's a good question so uh usually I'll you know, I write the majority of the music in Snack Hat, uh, but I also collaborate with a lot of the band members for writing. So generally I will come to the band with a song or an idea and then in rehearsal, you know, we'll kind of hash out the arrangement. Uh, now we do everything over logic and just like zoom, you know, we'll talk about things and I'll say, you know, as far as arranging goes, but I'll also have some, writing sessions sometimes when like for instance like our last single young love was about 75 to 80% finished but you know there were just some things i wasn't completely happy with so then i had a writing session with shark and you know it's it's really good to you know uh, the keyboard player it's really good to you know be able to you know have people you can really trust musically and also you know co-writing can be a bit, for me i really enjoy too you know usually someone will come with an initial idea but uh you know, that can be very effective. Uh, another song that, you know, hasn't been released yet, we've played it live quite a bit, uh, but, you know, it's uh, currently, you know, gonna it's being recorded and uh, going to be on the, our first full-length album, but is the song Help Me, and that's a song that was totally co-written by me and Chantal. Uh, we used to also play a little bit with this uh, great singer Alita Moses, uh and one of the songs in the rep we also co-wrote just you know from uh that was actually something that she actually brought me an idea uh back in the day and i you know added all the sort of like harmony and you know helped just hash out the idea so often again generally me but often someone will come with the idea or the initial sort of framework for the song and then either i will just finish it or i will you know um collab with one of the band members and then pre-pandemic in rehearsal we'll work on the arrangement post pandemic you know really through like logic and zoom uh sessions we'll kind of get the arrangement together like fight or flight was actually a song that wasn't written at all until the pandemic you know hit you know that was something that it's kind of exciting, like it didn't even exist in March, you know, at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right,
2: guys, let's let's uh let's officially listen to Fight or Flight by uh Snack Cat. Boop boop. <laughs> So, hey guys! welcome back to this episode of sounds like n y c uh we've all just heard the new single from Snapcat called uh Fight or Flight so like alexi, if you want do you do you kind of wanna do you have like a story kind of like behind this song or like anything inspiration any like yeah any like you know insight into like the lyrics or like the composition or like whatever?
1: yeah absolutely uh so this one was actually written completely during you know the pandemic when i just you know like all of a sudden all the gigs stopped you know i just had a lot of time on my hands and i had a lot of time to process things and think you know and um this song is really kind of just about like i just was kind of thinking about all the choices that i've made um you know throughout my life that have like gotten me for better or for worse you know to where i am today and. um you know just how those choices yeah have just affected you know the path of my life and it's also a song that's uh, sort of also has a sort of underlying uh focus on sort of the values of like hard work uh and just you know especially you know during this time it's like there are a lot of you know as a musician things are tough things are tough out there now i mean if they weren't tough before you know it's like you know there are a lot of difficult decisions that we have to make especially if we want to like you know, push on through and stick to the, stick to the path, you know, uh, which I'm, I'm doing, uh, but it's, you know, I think every musician now, or at least full-time musician is really kind of thinking, you know, about just sort of the direction of their careers, you know, because of how much has changed recently.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you, well, like, what's a big, like, end goal for snack Cat?
1: I mean, the big end goal for Snack Cat is to be playing, like, giant festivals and, you know, just be touring the world, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, I mean, we're not really trying to be, like, a top 40s band, but, you know, as far as, like, what we're really trying, you know, sort of the space that, let's say, like, Lake Street Dive or Tedeschi Trucks Band or Wolfpack, you know, um, you know that sort of space that they uh, operate in, that's kind of what, you know, the end goal is for Snack Cat. you know, to be just, like, you know, a huge huge touring band but you know also uh you know stick to uh a certain quality you know yeah. uh yeah i mean if like wolf can
2: like you know sell out Mad- madison square garden you know I-, I i think you guys are definitely skilled enough to like do so as well you know
1: thanks a lot no appreciate it and yeah i mean that's kind of the end goal you know hopefully and you know and, uh, you know, a few years down the road, we'll be there, you <laughs> know, I mean, you definitely. know, of course, it's, uh, you know, it's always a long shot, but I think, you know, we have as good a chance as any. So, you know, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, like, uh, speaking of which, like, um what steps do you think that you guys are taking now like as a band to like really get yourself out there and like, like what's like, what's the hardest part you think about kind of like marketing and like spreading the word about the band?
1: Totally. I mean, it's a, it's a, definitely a learning process. And you know, every, with every release, there are going to be things that are going to go well and there are mistakes that you're going to make. And I feel like the key is just to really learn from the mistakes, you know? Um, I mean, the biggest struggle uh, for any band, you know, is honestly like is financial, you know, Uh, like, uh, unfortunately, the way the industry works now is, you know, a lot of artists that, you know, generally at least have huge social media followings, just have a fuck ton of money, you know, whether they have some family money, or, you know, if they're lucky enough, if they have, you know, uh, a label or management that has a bunch of money, you know, but I mean, we're we've been lucky enough to, you know, uh work with Ropadope, you know, as a label, but you know, they're they have an amazing reputation as far as quality goes, but they don't have like let's say the muscle that let's say like Sony would as far as just to be spending like you know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars on artists and stuff like that, you know. But but they still will definitely like help us with the process. Uh you know, uh but yeah, so the f- financial financial is the biggest. And then the other, another thing is just like really finding the right audience for you. You know, it's like, you know, and this is something that's taken me a really long time to realize is that no matter what, even if you make the best, you know, what you think is the best fucking song that anyone has ever made, there are going to be a bunch of people that are not going to like it.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, true. So, this is anything.
2: Yeah.
1: Every you know so you really gotta you know find the people that you trust get their opinions definitely listen to other people but you gotta also accept you know the fact that not everybody's gonna like everything you do and you really want to find the audience that appreciates you and that's something we're still in the process of doing but we've definitely you know gone to a point where at least you know we do have some of that you know uh and it's it's a process you know uh that you know is you know just takes a while you know yeah
0: yeah i mean are you guys doing anything specific on like social media to try to boost your sort of marketing
1: yeah i mean we definitely you know do some ads you know again we don't have a huge budget for it you know uh but we do ads we're active on you know all the social media platforms except Twitter twitter's pretty pathetic but you know we just <laughs> i mean twitter is like its own uh, is yeah. a mess
2: just real-time news
1: like yeah. facebook Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you know, we have, you know, followings on all those, uh, you know, even just started TikTok. you know. Oh, man. Yeah. Keep telling you, bro. Uh, yeah. David's telling,
2: telling me to get on TikTok. Just, and just started, TikTok. I don't know, mean kind of to
1: brag. A... I don't mean
0: to brag. I mean, right? no, but seriously, but, 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 maybe. But, but, yeah. Yeah. I just, we, we posted a video.
2: He did. Well, I, I posted a video
0: it. and it got like something like 1.8 million views or something. And it got us That's like, insane. now yeah. we have more followers on TikTok versus instagram and it was only like two weeks worth of videos
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so that's great i mean that's kind of where i'm like we just started the tiktok like about a month ago and uh you know i posted maybe like eight or nine videos so far and uh it seems fun you know i also started my own tiktok as well you know yeah no no i was gonna
2: because um i have a friend who's kind of like a tiktok genius who was like giving me this, this this certain idea for, like, how, like, as a musician, how to, like... Quickly Dude, please connect. Seriously, I'm yeah. like, well, well, we'll talk after we'll, then. Right? We'll talk we after.
0: got some cool ideas, too, that we want to, like, yeah. start doing. Yeah. And I think uh, you'll be our, our perfect little, like... Uh, Experiment.
2: Test.
1: Guinea pig, hat, I love it. Yeah, test cat. it. yeah, Yeah. 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 Awesome. I'm, I'm into it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's... A, yeah, so basically, you know, I mean, all those things, you know, um, we also our live show is probably the strongest thing about snack Hat, And, you know, we would play live all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that was something that, you know, until March was really helping growing our following, you know, we obviously have, a, we have a pretty extensive mailing list as well, which I think, you know, is very helpful for sure. Uh, you know, and yeah, we're really trying to kind of up our sort of like social media game, you know, as far as like, you know, starting to do a little bit more ads, but again, it's just tricky with kind of a limited budget. uh, But we're also getting, you know, we're getting our team in place. You know, we have the right label now. We have the right producer now. You know, we still need management, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we do have some PR now finally too, Um, you know, and we're figuring out, you know, what to do as far as management and also like a music lawyer and stuff like that. So we're also just trying to get all the right pieces, you know, play well, you know, that's part of it.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool. I mean, how how long have you been in New York City for?
2: Yeah, let's talk about your life in New York City.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. So that's good. So I uh, I've been in New York, I guess about let's see, about eight or nine years. Okay. Um, and I'm also originally from New York. But oh, cool. Okay. Which part? Uh, so I'm from like Upper West Side. I literally live like five blocks from oh. from my dad and three Ooh. miles from where my mom used to live before she moved to Philly. Uh, so how yeah, does she. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> no like how dare your the worst mom move
2: mistake from me? It yeah, ever made
1: yeah, yeah, i know, I know. Yeah. so you know i mean i'm sort of a lifelong new yorker but you know i also i i went to school in baltimore at the peabody conservatory and i stuck around there a tiny bit um uh, but uh yeah i mean you know once i graduated pretty pretty soon after i started just you know performing in new york and um uh, you know just making a go of that and uh yeah, I mean, at least, like, I knew I wanted to do this from a pretty young age. I was lucky in that way. My dad's a musician. So, until now, I've been pretty lucky to be able to, like, support myself as a musician. You know, now, you know, I feel like yeah. a professional Zoom teacher, but, you know. like you I know, mean, wherever you, you, know, yeah. you need to make money, money yeah. Ain't nothing funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So, you know, but, yeah, no, I mean, I'm still doing a lot of studio work and stuff. And it's actually been cool because it's been, there's been a time that I've been able to really get, like, my home recording chops together, you know, definitely, like, gone really far down like the logic and plug in rabbit mm-hmm. hole and all that you yeah. know so uh, you know i always had the ability to like you know give people guitar tracks you know for my house and stuff like that but i wasn't didn't really focus much on the production side of things and i've been kind of getting more into that yeah uh, during this time as well so you know they're always silver linings you know yeah
2: definitely so like because i'm like curious because like we're from like the city too obviously and like I'm just like always curious about kind of how like things were like you know five six eight years ago so like when you started kind of like performing or like getting gigs you know right after college like in New York City like I don't know how was the scene for I guess no jazz um soul R&B funk that that whole family of, like, you know, yeah. heroes compared to how it was, I guess, in, like, 2019 before the uh, end of the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I actually feel like um, in many ways, like, uh, the scene sort of, like, you know, you have that big, like, sort of financial crash and then a lot of clubs close and things like that. Uh, but I actually found, you know, And clubs were still closing, but I actually found that the scene was actually pretty in a pretty good place. You know, Uh, you know, of course, you know, given where it's been for the last 10 years, you know, right before things shut down, you know, I felt like I started to see some like kind of new clubs opening, Mm -hmm. uh, you know just unbelievable i mean new york always has unbelievable musicians it's has by far the highest playing level in the world of any place you know i mean not no place is even close i mean la is obviously the place for production but even there the players aren't you know on average aren't near to the level that they are in new york or even in a city like new orleans or you know it's just new york is new york you know as far mm-hmm. as that goes so uh you know i mean new york the things that isn't so great about a lot of the scene in New York is like club gigs don't pay very well. I mean, frankly, they pay better in like new Orleans and you have people that, you know, uh, you know, I mean, they're great musicians in new Orleans, but they, you know, they're maybe not. It's, you know, it's, it's, Often like, you know, if you were like to get someone from the minor leagues, you know, against someone from the, you know, mm-hmm. here really the major leagues, not to say there aren't major leaguers in New Orleans, because there are amazing mm-hmm. players. But, but they just
0: move to New York when they're finally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Winston Marsalis and Jonathan Batiste are here now, you know, yeah. uh, you know, but no, I mean, there are, you know, but, but a lot of the higher end gigs in New York are, you know, we're going very strong, like a lot of kind of corporate and Broadway gigs. That was all, you know, doing pretty well. Um. You know, uh, the jazz scene was pretty was, well, yeah, you know, it's always been very strong. You know, it's just uh, the only worries are, you know, financial. But it's been like that for quite some time. I From from what I know. And again, I'm not as much of an expert because, frankly, you know, before the financial crash, I was, you know, like a teenager, you know, so mm-hmm. I, um, you know, wasn't I played some gigs, but I wasn't really like a full-time musician yet, you know, I was like in high school or, uh, but you know, back then apparently like the difficult time was pre-financial crash. The average musician that was making $120,000 oh after the financial Crash was making $30,000. Uh, oh, damn. My God. But since then, I feel like the scene has been getting a little bit, you know. Hopefully, I think- yeah. <laughs> I, know.
0: I mean, <laughs> some yeah, will like, into the machine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of dark, you know. I mean, uh, you know, that's obviously, Jeez, you yeah. know. But, um, yeah, but as far as musician musicianship goes and also, um, you know, just opportunities, I feel like the city was actually in a – as good of a place as it had been in the last 10 years pre-covid. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this is going to be re- really shitty for all of us for the next year or two. But after that, I feel like it actually things are going to come back stronger because if you just like historically speaking like what happened after you know the flu pandemic and World War 1, the roaring 20s, you know what happened in Berlin after Nazi Germany, you know that whole cultural, you know, like uh, Renaissance, you know, there and like you know, so it also will make things more affordable for artists to live. I think people for will sure. want and need culture, but it's just going to take a little while. Yep. Nice. Yeah, because I definitely think. No think... oh, way, you're absolutely knowing of course. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. no
2: um, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, because people definitely seem to be starved, starved for you know live, live music and the sort. So like, I definitely think that there might be a boom and sort of like you know hopefully some of the venues that have like unfortunately have to close may, might be able to like you know come back to life again but like yeah definitely now it's like now it's like definitely like the low point you know but like we can't get any worse from here it seems hopefully. don't say that no in terms of like the music <laughs> industry i mean who knows with like yeah, this is all by the way
1: everything we're saying now all these hopeful messages go out the window of trump you know, gets yeah obviously but yeah. i don't think that's going to happen so you know but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man i mean this how year you... that course... is, that is, we're all we're all going to create like a paradise in northern like northern like canada you know frozen like, <laughs> tund- tundra but it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's paradise
2: <laughs> we're to make like it Blue Music Club,
1: it'll be awesome yeah
0: <laughs> how do you feel like new york has shaped you as a person
1: um i feel like i mean it's funny you say that because like my parents are from new york their parents were from New. you know my dad grew up in washington heights my mom grew up in queens uh their parents grew up in brooklyn you know like um
2: you are you know, New going
1: through, through yeah yeah so in that i feel like it's just you know new yorkers i feel like we just are there's a certain like candidness to us you know, I think we're comfortable, you know, just kind of like, you know, being honest most of the time, you know, yeah, like, for sure. you know, I also like, um, and this is maybe not the best thing in certain ways, but I also feel like I, I always am constantly need to be on the move. You know, I don't always have patience just to sit back and let things happen, which can be really good, from a career standpoint but as far as like one sanity maybe not always <laughs> the best you know like you know if i you know just have an hour you know or two where i'm just like you know just doing nothing uh i don't know i'll start to get like incredibly antsy or if i'm like yep. in the country for a few i love fucking nature and the country but if i'm there for a couple of days at a certain point i'm just like okay you know what am i going to do and i'll just start thinking about you know, like the things I want to get done, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. I love Animal Planet. I love, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and like, but yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe as maybe a little bit of an impatient person in certain ways. Um, not when it comes to people, I feel like it actually gives you more patience when it comes to dealing with like crazy, crazy people, but, you know, as far as just, you know, needing to be always on the run, maybe I have a little bit less patience than the average person as far as just being completely still. um. Also, you know, I mean, you guys know it is as New Yorkers, you're also exposed to things at a very young age, you know, like, you know, like my dad, like, didn't want me to watch Disney movies because he said Walt Disney was a fascist, you know, like. You
2: know, <laughs> that's, that's the first I've heard, heard of that. Really? That's the first yeah. time I've heard. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. You
1: know, uh, Yeah. So, you know, but instead I was just like, you know, like I remember one time I like my dad's a musician, too. I, like, hailed a cab accidentally when I was, like, five years old. Oh, that's so just, cute. I, like, you know, and my dad just opens the door and goes, sorry, that was my fucking idiot son. Knowing, <laughs> <laughs> like, what the F-bomb is. he's like a great guy, you know, yeah. you know, just, Or just, you know, like, maybe being exposed to just, just everything at a younger age. Right. You know, can <laughs> be good and can be bad in certain ways, you know. I, I don't know, you
0: know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, what what do, you, what do you want to leave with?
1: um i guess just to say that we have so singles coming out you know fight or flight november 13th we also do have kind of a special you know uh track coming out it's a single it's maybe not something we're pushing as much as fight or flight but just a song called breaking point right before the election on october 30th because that's just like you know um perfect timing so yeah just make sure to check those out you know follow us on Socials at Snack Cat Band. Snack Cat Band. It's both on Instagram, Facebook. Our website is snackcatband dot uh, I guess we're on TikTok too now. Snack Cat Band. Although uh you know, you'll be like our like thirtieth or fortieth follower because we're like, hey, we're, you know,
2: that's not that's not bad,
1: uh, but it's not. You know, it's like <laughs> you know, but yeah, but uh, yeah, and you know, we'll uh, we're gonna be releasing just a lot of music and a lot of you know new content, you know, over the coming months. You know, we've also did a series during the summer where we released a new video called song of the week you know every you know every week for a while so we're you know we're making sure to just you know push on through this time you know so we kind of come out on the other side you know stronger so you know for sure awesome awesome, awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for for coming on we really appreciate it
1: yeah, thanks for having me it's been a, been a blast